you can see me here. Hopefully the picture is okay. Yeah, you're great. Okay. All right, everybody, we are back and I'm here with my man, Jay Cutler. And this is for uh, our friend, John Meadows, because you guys all know he's in the hospital and um, he's kind of resting right now and not really in content mode. So I called uh, my friend Jay and Jay said he would come on and help me out with a, a short Q&A for John. How you doing, Jay? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, first of all, thank you for, for including me because I think John has a place with all of us in this industry. He has so much wisdom and, and I actually, for the first time, I've, I've kind of followed his stuff on and off for years and I actually got to train with him, fortunately, last year for the first time. We shot a YouTube video together and I never realized how much uh, our training was similar to yeah. what we did and his theories and you know, but he sat and listened, you know, when I talked about, he would ask me questions when I was training and what my theories were and this and that. And I know people look at my career and they say, man, like Jay was able to win the Olympia. So it's a, it's a curiosity on like what my theories are. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is like, we all have our own way. Yeah. And what works for me may not work for you or a lot of the viewers, right? Like mm -hmm. the certain training styles. I was a huge volume trainer. So I was 26 per body part, no matter what, uh, little rest time where people like to take a couple minutes, even like training legs or back. I was boom, 45, 60 seconds max. And I know as I got older now, you know, I'm, I'll be 47 in August. It's really helped my joints a lot, that type of training. And I, I don't want to sit there and say everyone did it wrong, but me, because you know, as we get older, you're not there yet, but most of the guys are breaking down tremendously, especially people that were on the Olympia level battling it out. Like it's back pain or it's knee pain or it's bad hips or, yeah. uh, and John, you know, I love his theories, man. And he's so in touch with his people Yeah. and he's so passionate. Like that's the one thing that like, you and I, we can talk about. It's the passion, right? We love what we do. So it makes it so easy. And yeah. so many people come to me and they're like, man, I'm not motivated. And I'm like, I feel like shaking. I'm saying, how the fuck can't you be motivated, right? Yeah. How can you well, not be motivated? Like, dude, I love it. I tell people it's, uh, I think it's a discipline thing too, though, because there's days, do you ever have days when you're not motivated? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, there's times I've gone to the gym and I've turned around and I left, but the truth is, is 90% of the time, yeah. I cannot wait. I wake up in the morning still to this day everything that I have going on, positive things in my life. And, you know, people look at me as a business guy more. Yeah. Dude, I still love to train. Like yeah. that's the best part of my day yeah. is training. It's, it's the hour where you get to turn everything off. You don't pick up the phone. You don't do anything. You just zone out for an hour and do your thing. And some people come home and they crack a beer yep. or they sit down and watch their favorite show. Like I'll, if I already train in the morning and I had a stressful afternoon, I may go do some sort of activity, even this 30 minutes, just working out, yeah. especially during this time. Like I have a little weights in the garage and like, yeah. I'll do something. I'll quarantine myself in the, you know, put my, that's like my, my, my man cave is now yeah, my garage. work area in my garage. You know? <laughs> I've seen the, I've seen the videos. Yeah, but, so, you know, I, I thought you, you touched on something I'm actually curious about. How often did Jay Cutler turn around and leave the gym? Like where you, where you had a, such a shitty day where you're like, you know what? I'm going to come back tomorrow. Uh, listen, here's 10 fingers, right? Yeah. I can, I can say over 10 times when I was Mr. Olympia, I left the gym. 
How's that? Well, yes. wow. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to do that. Yeah. Uh, I listened to my body and that's the key. I mean, it's like when you go in and you're doing presses or, and it, tw- and you feel a twitch, do you just keep doing them or do you try to say, okay, I'm going to switch to a machine today or yeah, yeah, like yeah. we don't keep going up in weight because you know, if you feel that, well, how many times you get under dumbbells or whatever and you're working your way up and you feel that little twinge. I mean, do you keep pushing the same or go yeah, up yeah. and wait? No, like, you say, you know what? I got to change it up today. You got to have yeah. that sense. It's good for people to hear because I think a lot of people think that we're just in this euphoric state at all times. And it just, that's not true. There's a lot of times where the motivation is zapped and you're going in because it's discipline. Or you might, like you said, you might just not go in that day. So I think it's good for them to hear that even Jay Cutler at the highest level, you know, had to take a day off here and there, even though it was few and yeah. far between we have to make the adjustments day to day and, and so many variables come into play on how your body is going to be reactive week to week. Right. I can have a total game plan and that's the crazy thing. I would think about everything like, okay, this back workout after I finished last week's, I'm already going to the next week's cause I would train every body part once every five to seven days. Yeah. And I'd already say, okay, I did, I did deadlifts this, this week. I'm going to switch them and do reverse grip bent barbell rows yeah. And normally I'd go and be able to do that, right? I would have no issue because I already went through my head a thousand times between, you know, the week prior. Yeah. And that's how mental preparation was for me. I've, I envisualized myself going through all those workouts. So let me ask you, so when you go to the gym, like when you were obviously in your prime or throughout your career when you're on it, when you went to the gym, did you already have the workout planned out? Yeah. Really? Yep. In the you same order. Same but, order. I, but I mean like every, cause I usually have a pattern or like an idea, but it's, it can vary. Right. Were you strict? Like, this is what I'm doing. It was. And, and the funny thing is, is, is I wasn't a rep counter. Yeah. But I could always predict what I would do. And I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if it's like, if mentally you just, you're in that zone where it's like, okay, you already know, like, okay, I'm not going to push past that. But I would say I'm going to do 12 reps with this yeah. and I would be struggling by 10 and really pushing out the 12. It's, it's just amazing the, the, how, uh, how adaptive you become and you know exactly what weights you're going to do for X reps. Um, and it's just t- time under tension. You know, that was the main thing, but yes, I would know exactly uh, the reps, the sets, the order I was going to do them. And the funny thing is, is if I had a successful week prior, most of the exercises, I might repeat in the same yeah. order in the same rep scheme. I, I'm I've not done a, that. afraid. Yeah. As long as, and it's really the food in the outside the gym. So as long as I'm resting and I'm getting the six meals a day, mm-hmm. that me- meant there was zero, zero interruption with, with success of the workouts. Well, I mean, just the last three weeks for me, I did the same exact workout for my legs every week because it felt amazing. I'm like, why am I going to change it? Right. So it's it's almost like until I start feeling something different, I'm just going to keep doing it. I don't feel like I have to change the workout every single week. So I want to ask you though, you said you do 20 sets. I've always been curious. I know you're a high volume guy, but how many of those sets are to failure? None because of the volume. So you didn't do anything to failure. Please define failure to me. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. See, this is a thing. This is a tough thing. Okay, because- so define this because I don't train with a training partner. So I, 
I, failure definition to me is I'm on the bench. I'm going to give it a bench press because that's the most common exercise. Mm-hmm. I'm doing eight reps and I need, I need a push to get nine, 10, 11, 12, right? And you, this yeah. is the guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in that. Okay. Uh, but, somebody, now, but somebody might define a failure as you've finished eight complete reps and now you're going to do four partials. Would you just stop at eight or are you repping out the partials? No, I would. I I never got to the partials point, so I would never choose a weight that I couldn't do at least ten reps with. If that makes any sense, I just right. I just kind of defined that I already knew the number, or yeah. maybe it was a mental thing. I could always get the reps that I that mentally I prepared to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just I know you. You're a strong guy. If we're talking chest, shoulders, I mean, dude, I used to press 160s for 12, 15 reps on shoulder presses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You only add up to 160s right so yeah. uh, I wasn't a barbell pusher I mean for squats I mean we only went over a certain amount and anything over 500 pounds on my back I seemed to get a tweak every single time yeah and it just became counterproductive because legs used to be like okay you had a squat to get legs and then all these new leg equipment pieces came out mm-hmm. that kind of replicated the squat and we got away from the squats I don't know how you're training your legs now but I still I, squat. To- I still squat a standard barbell squat every single workout? Well, like the last three workouts. I've been doing safety bar squats. They're actually harder. But it, but it's – I feel like it's harder than a traditional squat, to be honest. Does it put more pressure on the frontal thighs? Yeah. It puts more – it's more like a front squat because you're holding the, the weight. The bar drops. The yeah. bar drops low, right? Yeah. Uh, the, bar, the bar hangs over like – you're holding it here, so it kind of hangs over your shoulders. So okay. it's, it's more like a front squat like you would if you were holding a bar. It's kind of the same, okay. kind of, same kind of pressure. So you're doing, let's say you're doing 10 reps. Does a training partner push you through two more? No, I kind of have your style. I don't, especially when I'm squatting, I don't go all the way to like yesterday. But, yesterday yeah. I did, I did four plates. I'm doing 10 reps. That's it. I'm good. So did you do an 11 or 12? Yeah. Like it depends what mode I'm in. Like I've done four plates for 20. I just, right now I'm like, I'm good with 10. Cause I don't, I'm kind of like you. There's a certain point where, if I start to go over that, I get a tweak. And I'm or like, your joints, or your joints start feeling it, or you yeah. bring. So that answers the question. Like, I just stop at a certain rep range. So I don't, I don't think that's failure. Like, yeah. no one pushes me through. And I, I have, I never usually go beyond 12 unless it's like a bicep curl or, mm-hmm. uh, or like a press down for arms. Arms, it seems to be the 15s, the sweet spot for arms. That's how I am too. Yeah. And like, you know, with, we're doing dumbbell curls for biceps. Like I don't do eight reps with yeah. like that. I, I go, don't go that heavy. I do. I mean, I didn't work with 80, hundred pound dumbbell curls. I only went up to sixties. My arms were 22 and a half inches. So all this we're talking about is Jay, like in his prime and healthy and feeling good. Yeah. But- and, and, you know, and I still train the same way. There's a lot of exercises right now uh, that I can still do the same weights than when I was winning the Mr. Olympia you know, and competing at 260 ripped. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, this all relates to John. This is what's really cool is because this is – I did chess with him, and, man, his theories are, like, the same. So yeah. I don't know if you had a chance to train with him or not. Yeah, I, John's been coaching me since 2014. So, so I've been – been training out, with him? Yeah, I've been out to Columbus a few times, a bunch of times. And I like his mm-hmm. philosophy because it's a longevity thing. It's, like, lots of volume, but really he only goes to failure on the very last set of each exercise. 
and it's not it doesn't feel like complete failure it's close but it's not like you're not dead you know what i mean so but his his entire philosophy is uh you're better off training at 90 percent and living to train next week than training at 110 percent and being destroyed for three weeks afterwards okay so if i had if i had six to eight movements to reach that 20 set because i would do three so you know if i did six exercises times three sets i only do three sets for each okay that's 18 sets plus my two warm-ups right so i would say that would be the 20 sets so i do six movements i do three sets each and only the first exercise is the warm like feel sets warm up so I, that's the yep. other two yeah uh i would say two two exercises out of those six yeah. uh, one of the last set would i would bring to failure like if I was to bring to failure. So you. if I was suggestive to someone asking me, Jay, I really want to push to failure on a couple of sets. I say, pick two out of the six that you perform if you're following my routine. Mm. And those will be your two sets to failure. Do you think six is a lot of, a lot of exercises for a body part? I've never done six for a body part. I like the angles. Yeah. It kind of, does it keep you interested? Is that why? Or is it just, you like to hit it from every way possible? I just seem to like, you know, there's no limitations for me. If, if you said, when is it, when is enough? <laughs> and enough sometimes can be four. I'm not yeah. going to lie, That's but it I'm seems like at. I always fall around six. So if you, you know, if we sat there and broke things down, if you were like, okay, what do you do for triceps? Like I start with rope press downs, right? Mm -hmm. Then I do a regular press down. That's two. Then I do uh some sort of overhead like extension, like a, let's say a French curl. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then I do uh, dips. Okay. And then I might do a kickback. That's five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here I, I have to think of, okay, close grip bench press. That's six. So you're doing, so you're doing, you know, 15 to 20 sets, even for arms, like even for a small muscle group. I, if I was to do biceps and triceps together, I would do yeah. 40 total sets. How long does that work? Well, you, I train fast like you actually. Are you getting it done in an hour? Seconds. 45 seconds, bro. So you're there for an hour and a half for buys and tries. No, no, no. I, I, I would, yeah. It, yeah. Hour and 15? Yeah, yeah. About yeah. hour and 15. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. So I, I, I just think it's really interesting because have you ever done – have you ever done a, a workout and ha and sat down at a machine and it felt so good you stayed there for longer, like six, seven, eight sets? Yeah, I mean, dude, I did I did regular bar squats probably th two weeks, three weeks ago, maybe, and maybe yeah. it's just because of the time right now. I was put a bar on my back. I think I must have done eight sets. Yeah, so you have done that where you're like, this feels really good. I'm just gonna oh, keep going. Yeah. You okay. know, and and don't don't think that. I just mentioned I do six movements per body part. Don't don't think that I didn't do three at some point because I doubled up on the movement and did it instead of three sets. I did six or seven. Okay, so what I'm what I'm getting what I'm establishing then is, even though you had things kind of written out and planned in your mind, you might vary it if you're feeling like it. Yeah, yeah, okay. very instinctive. We call it the Joe Weider instinctive training theory, which. Joe seemed to have, a, you know, he had his, yeah, he had he all had the principles, a, yeah, all the principles, and you know, yeah. you read those coming yeah. up, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I, I mean, we talk drop sets don't exist in my training, never have. Uh, really? Uh, Why not? You just again, I, again, you don't feel the need to go to that level, like that failure. 
if I wasn't training the volume, maybe. But, That's you know, true. I never understood, and you may say, Jay, you're absolutely wrong. Phil and Ronnie both trained body parts twice a week. So they didn't do as many sets as probably yeah. you or I. Yeah. Like, I do chest with Ronnie Coleman. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to give you a, a chest workout. And it did not change. I would say I did the same workout with him 10 times because it fell to the weekend days that we were together. So he would do chest on Saturday, at least the, the one workout we did. Yeah. Yeah. Because he would do chest twice in the week. But Saturdays was barbell bench press, uh, incline barbell press, and decline barbell press. And that was it. Yeah, yeah. No flies, no cables, no dips. He did three, 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 nine sets done. Wow. But he's in it twice a week, so it's okay for him to do that. So I think what he did on the opposite days – he did like dumbbells mm-hmm. and maybe some cables or some flies and did not incorporate the barbell benching yeah. in those three variations. Yeah, um, yeah. If you ask me what's the number one builder for chest, I would say the flat press with, I would choose dumbbells, but I know I used to do flat bench, even though I, I never suggested to anyone, yeah. uh, I was able to build my chest with a full, flat, flat uh, bench press. But I love dumbbell work. Dumbbell work, I thrive on dumbbells. Do you think that's what gave you your shoulders? Uh, in the beginning, yeah. I had yeah. more developed. I had no pecs. My pecs started at the bottom and they ended like right here. I had no upper pecs at all. <laughs> I was wide, but I had yeah. no, I need to fill the gap, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to get to do you want to get some of these questions? How are, you, how, are you doing, how are you doing in the garage? Are you doing good out there? Yeah, it's starting to get hot though. Yeah. It looks, to get hot, it looks like you got a good it looks like you got a good setup what's going on you're opening your own gym too no it was uh that was like something that a fan asked me and i said listen at some point i'd love to do like a destination yeah uh spot like meaning if people came to vegas they could come visit the whole jay cutler experience yeah uh and never say never but i don't want to it's not a gym like oh i'm in the gym business it's going to be just like jay cutler's like my car collection might gonna have my gym that's yeah. just available for anyone that wants to stop in. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's a cool idea. Like more warehouse gym. Yeah. Kind yeah. of like Rob Bailey. I mean, a lot of guys have that. Rob Bailey has it. Uh, who else has like a personal gym? I mean, well, Flex Dor- Lewis, I guess. Yeah, Dorian's got a gym, but those are like gym gyms. They're not like an experience. Yeah. I think I think Rob Bailey is probably the closest to like an experience type of gym. Yeah, so uh, I thought about doing that, but – you know, the garage is I, – I, I actually borrowed some stuff from the lift factory. I don't know if you've ever been to lift yeah. factory. It's, yeah, I was out there it's once. It's very close to my home. Love it out there, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah so it's a small facility, but I took some weights from there. So I just have the basics, and I had a pull-up bar, and I got all that cardio stuff that was comp to me years mm-hmm. ago. And, you know, I make do with what I got. I, I'm a big cardio guy now, so, I mean, I'm maintaining my size at 240 and – I saw, I'm waiting for the gyms to open, though. I think Monday they're supposed to open the LV, LVAC. So you cut out there for a second. Me? Yeah, I got you now. You're still a little frozen, but I can hear you. Um, I was going to ask you. Uh, shit, I lost my train of thought because you're. Are you are you back yet? Oh, there you are. You're kind of back. Yeah, uh, yeah LVAC is supposed to open on Monday here. The big chain. Okay, and you're you're excited to go back, obviously. Not with a mask. Is that what they're going to do? Is they're going to make you train with a mask? Yeah. 
Jeez. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't do that, man. I'd rather train at home. So, um, okay. Let's get to some of these questions and see what we got. We got here. We got a bunch. So, um, first guy, Mason Shergard says, sorry for the long question. I know they aren't ideal. I'm having a very successful off season this year. Uh, with 41 pounds gained, less than 5% more body fat since October, with only one major issue. I've done lots of stretching to keep up my hips, tightening my lower back pumps. I'm going to shorten it for you. This guy's getting really bad lower back, lower back pumps, and I know you used to get really big in the off-season. So have you ever dealt with that? And if so, how can you fix it? I used to wear a belt a lot, and I know that used to impinge my lower back. Uh, so I was a big believer in using a belt to keep my stomach intact um, and waist, even though I, I had a larger waist. Um, tissue work was the key to what I did in the stretching. Uh, everything has to stay pliable. And I think as you get bigger, everything becomes more compact. Mm -hmm. And uh, the stretching and the um, – I did neuromuscular therapy – um, I saw people like our friend up there. You used to see, uh, Alvin, um, Alvin, Alvin was amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. Uh, and you know, that's lot, that tissue work really helps a lot. Is there anything you can do diet wise to eliminate back pumps? Like, could it be too much salt? Could it be some reason he's retaining too much water? Yeah. I mean, it probably, eat, you know, I'd love to see the diet, but if you're eating terrible, you know, it like a bodybuilder yeah. diet, like, you know, I don't add a ton, ton of condiments and like salty, salty foods. You know, what I get is pretty natural. I use Himalayan sea salt or I don't use a ton of sauces and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I, these guys just become too big and bloated. And I, I would love to see what the guy looked like. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would say that if your body's fighting the size, you're being too big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and I know I would get so big that I would like, okay, I need to get a little tighter. Okay. So if you're, so if you're experiencing back pumps, you, you probably would look at your diet first and then stretch massage, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Jay boogie 301 says, how often do you work your midsection? I'm actually curious about that because as big as you were, you had larger obliques, but you always had a flat stomach. So how does that every other day, every other day I trained abs to some extent all year long. In my abs Yes. Okay. Uh, I did, especially the back training days, because I was always taught, especially by people like Alvin, like if you're going to, you know, do your back exercising, right? If you're using your lumbars and all that other, you really need to work the front side too, because it's like, it works on hinge, right? Yeah. Uh, so I would do rope crunches. I would do sit-ups and hanging leg raises. Hanging leg raises is the best thing you can do because it's going gonna, it's gonna to stretch your body out. Yeah. And it's, it's not with using weights. I don't believe in using heavy weights when you're doing your ab work. I never did. Yeah. Uh, but that, that definitely anything that's going to help keep your, your spine a little more mobile, yep. uh, and not, not compress so much. Uh, you, I think they should be done at least twice a week, twice a week ab training, but I would do them every other day, which, which usually was two or three days a week because of my training schedule. Did you ever do, did you ever practice vacuums at all or anything like that? Or was that not something you did? Okay. I never so, had the belly. I never had the belly issue really. Yeah. But you could, but I mean, you kind of pulled a vacuum when you did your front double. It yeah, wasn't like, it wasn't yeah. like a, it wasn't like a deep vacuum, but it was still, you know what I mean? You could see it was, 
coming inwards. So, but you never practiced that. It's just something you knew how to do. I had a big rib cage, mm -hmm. you know, so I think for me, it allowed me not to have the belly where some people with shorter torsos like a Ronnie Comer or a Kai Green, unfortunately you run into that issue. Yeah. You know, Bonnick has a, has a short torso too, but he has pretty good control of his stomach. But if you notice, like, you wouldn't call his body super aesthetic, right? Like, no. he's still, his structure's not ideal. Yeah, he's maxed He's out. a hell of a bodybuilder, but yeah. he's got that short torso. I mean, you probably, there's probably other guys that you could sit there and name with shorter torsos too. But I, Kai and Ronnie Coleman come to yeah to my mind with shorter torsos yeah um fletcher says are the macros different for replacing lost muscle after the lockdown i was actually curious about this too do you think people after being sitting out for such a while are gonna have to go into like a surplus for their diets to kind of get their bodies back to where it was or can they go back to just normal eating or how do how would you do it yeah i think it's just like the training the diet needs to work its way back Mm -hmm. um, because you're going to start utilizing the food a lot better when your body is more active. And I, no matter what people are doing right now, unless they just never left their home to train and they never went to gyms, their workouts are pretty much the same. Um, yeah. But most of us that train at gyms, definitely um, the intensity level is a lot higher and a lot more work uh, depending on what we're training. And people don't understand how, much, how many calories like core work actually burns. Mm -hmm. um, and be able to have the variations in your routine and shit, it makes it a lot less boring. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm pretty bored in the garage. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, I could train at home, but if I had my choice, I would attend a gym a few days yeah. here and there. Well, I mean, for somebody who's doing six exercises per body part, you're not going to get that at home. So I love, I love at this point using, I hate to say it because it makes me, not as hardcore as I used to be, but I like using the hammer machines and the leverage pieces yeah. uh, at this stage instead of like right now I'm picking up dumbbells and barbells and T bars. And like, that's my only go-to yeah. whereas especially legs, right? If I'm not going to have like all the various leg equipment at my house, unless I have a real gym. Uh, so do you, you know, really, I definitely think that. You know, do you really think it's bad yeah. to use machines? I don't, I don't see no. machines as being a bad thing. So do you, do you think you can, let's say, I'm going to ask you it this way. Could you build the same physique you built if you had to do it mainly with machines? Uh, me, I'm not so sure, but certain bodybuilders with the genes, yes. Like a Phil Heath was built on machines and not a lot of free weights. Yeah. So it depends on your genetics. That's when people say, well, do I have the genetics? Well, there's certain people that are just blessed Phil Heath is blessed with incredible genetics. Mm -hmm. uh, Ronnie Coleman trained like a, could Ronnie Coleman done machines and looked the way he did? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but he was hell of a genetic bodybuilder. Um, but Flex Wheeler is, I think is another one that could have worked with machines and not done a ton of free weights and still developed the physique that he had. Mm -hmm. um, and Phil Heath's smart as hell because he didn't ever fall into the Jay Cutler training style or the Dorian Yates training style. He stuck with what worked for him. And I think he at 40 now, I bet his body feels great. Yeah, he's probably still healthy. So you, so the answer to the question, yes, you've got to slowly adapt back in just like the, the nutrition mm -hmm. and diet, uh, the training need to work together. And, and you're not just going to go back to the gym like the last day you left eight weeks ago. Okay. 
Uh, Martin Bodybuilding says, who do you admire most as a person in the fitness bodybuilding industry and why? So I thought that was a good question because at being at the very top, it's, it's interesting to know who you think, who would that would be for you? Mm, you know, today, and this can vary, uh, dude, I respect Ronnie Coleman so much. And the reason I do it, I'm going to tell you a little bit. I don't know if I mentioned it when we did our podcast. Ronnie Coleman's the realest guy you'll ever meet in your life. Like that guy is as solid as they come. And the reason I say that is I've been around him. Um, he was my, I hate to say nemesis because it makes it sound like he was the enemy, but yeah. he was my idol. And Ronnie Coleman called me after the prejudging for my first professional win. I, I won the night of champions. I did the prejudging in the morning. And before we went to the night show, I got a phone call at about three in the afternoon. The night show started at six. And it was Ronnie Coleman calling my hotel room. I'll never forget this in New York. And he said, hey, I wanted to wish you, wish you congratulations. And remember, Ronnie had won in 98. So this was only 2000. He was only a two-time champ at this point. Yeah. And he's like, I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, you won. I said, well, it's not decided yet. And he goes, no, you won. You won. And I just wanted to. And I was like, man, that was amazing. Like, Ronnie yeah. Coleman was my idol, you know? Yeah. And fast forward a year later, right, we're battling for a controversial second, right? And then I battled him for all those years. But yeah. But we would train together. I mentioned we did the workouts together. We would guest pose because once we became the one, two figures, like, oh, oh, two, three, four, five, six, like we were the battle, right? Yeah. Uh, we would, we would spend a lot of time together and, and we would finish training. Sometimes we'd fly in on a Friday, Ronnie did legs on Friday and, and, uh, he would, you know, be in the gym training, squatting 600 pounds. We'd finish some of these workouts at midnight after we flew in. Right. Yeah. And Ronnie Coleman would go back to the hotel and he was a night owl. He stayed up all night. And I said, what are you going to do right now, Ronnie? And he would go back and he would answer the fan mail. All the people that wrote to him on emails, he would sit up until five in the morning and answer everybody back. Yeah. Everybody. And he loved his fans and he yeah. sits at these trade shows to this day and spends hours on ends and he stands up. And he sits down and we all know the condition he's in and he doesn't complain. Yeah. And he, all he says is I just love bodybuilding mm -hmm. and it's just amazing. Like he's an amazing human. Uh, he had, he gave me so much motivation uh, and made me so much greater than I ever could have been. Yeah. So I, I have a, a like true respect for that man, not because of the, he's the greatest bodybuilder ever, but for the person that he is, you know, and he loves his kids and just everything is about his kids. Whenever I talk to him now, it's like, you know, he, he loves bringing the kids to the Burger King or McDonald's and yeah. like he piles them in his Rolls Royce, you know, Ronnie always wanted that Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I had a white, I had a white one before and, you know, he used to be like, man, where's that Rolls Royce, you know, and <laughs> you know, he's had every car yeah, and he yeah. puts all those kids in there and he, he goes and brings them to, you know, the weekends and he's just a, he's just a, the best guy ever. You let know? me, let me ask you this though. So when you're guest posing and you're doing, you're flying around together and all this stuff, when he's at the gym squatting 600 pounds, is there ever a rivalry? Is there ever a battle in the gym or you don't even bother? I, I did a couple workouts with him and this, this guy, man, 
he did the lunging shit. You know, he yeah. you know he lunges the three plates. The three you plates, know? yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And he worked. I mean, he wouldn't go to three, but he did two twenty five. And and dude, that's a lot of fucking weight, know. right? Yeah. Especially after flying and whatever. So for me. I remember I did it one time with him and we were in Pittsburgh. I remember exactly where we were in this little, in that gym that I don't know what it was called. It's like a hardcore gym. In I Pittsburgh. think it's called the USA. I remember doing the lunges and I got one. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's called, um, oh, fuck. it doesn't matter. Anyway. It. Sorry. It's not yeah. USA. It's something, but he, we started doing the lunges across the gym and you know, I went one plate. I was good with one plate. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually go to 175, 185, and then I work up, you know, to the next. And he, he went right to 225. I'm like, damn. You're like, okay. And I did, you know, four steps, five steps, and then I tweaked my hamstring or something. And I said, okay, that's <laughs> hey, man, he used to sit in the corner, and he'd squat that 600. And, dude, he would come off that plane when we would fly places, and he would be wearing tights. Yeah. Okay? With the boots. And the veins are popping through the tights. And here comes Ronnie trudging through the airport. Yeah. And everyone's just looking because he'd wear like the purple tights or he'd yeah. wear the yellow tights. The yellow veins, tights. You know, and like, this, guy, yeah. this guy just flew from Texas on the airplane in first class wearing tights. <laughs> and the legs were just, the legs and, you 40. know, the whole thing. Yeah. Crazy. Like, yeah. you never seen legs like that. You know, it was just. It was just next level shit, you know. It's funny when people talk about Ronnie. They always talk about the back or the the, the shredded glutes or whatever. And they, whenever people talk about legs, they talk about Tom Platts and Paul DeMeo and Yuka. Obviously, your name's mentioned. No one ever says Ronnie, but his quads were like forty five inches around. And I don't know why he's never mentioned in the in the leg department. But you, so you you could Nick. I didn't. He wasn't blessed with big legs. He wasn't blessed with big legs in the beginning. You know that, right? Oh, you mean in the, earlier in his career? Yeah. I never – I don't actually remember seeing pictures of him, like, but with small legs, but I know they grew a lot more, obviously. Yeah. But – Incredible. Um, all right. So, AW Muscle and Fitness owner says – I'll shorten this down. He wants to know why – Um drinking your calories is not is looked down upon as opposed to eating your calories. He said he's doing two shakes a day and he said his progress has been fine, but he feels like people look down on him because you're supposed to eat your calories and eat whole food. How do you feel about that? Uh, I've won a lot of shows drinking shakes, really? uh, but I eat carbs with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do am I a believer that the metabolism they metabolize different when you have food and they create that whole heating of the body and yep. you know the body works to burn the food? I agree, um, but dude, I'm not going to sit there and tell anyone that they they can't drink shakes and get great results. Um, I just know that whole food. Anyone that I worked with um, that had any kind of nutrition degree experience and listen, I'm not a nutritionist. Yeah, uh, told me that you know, whole food was better than drinking shakes. The problem is, is shakes have different quality to them, right? So the guy is very general on, you know, and I can sit there that my protein's cleaner than your protein or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The the point is, is all our protein's pretty much similar, um, depending if it's an isolate or concentrated or whatever, a casein protein. 
it's the flavor that makes the difference, right? Yeah. Uh, I just think I just think that whole food sticks better to the body, and I look at my physique shakes versus uh, whole food, and I had better results with whole food. It's just by it's like asking me what works better, volume training or high intensity training. I'm going to tell you volume training because I tried doing high intensity and just didn't work for me. Yeah. So it's a matter of opinion. But if it works for you, don't let someone tell you you can't do it. Yeah. But try both. You know, do one, do certain one for six months and try the other one for six and look what the body does. That's all. Yeah, I've done both throughout my whole career. I mean, I, I work with Chad Nichols and he had me doing two shakes a day all the way through my off season and all the way through my prep and I was just fine. And then I worked with, I worked with Hani and he had me doing whole food through the whole thing. And that was fine too. So both have worked for me. So I don't know, you know, I can't say one's better than the other. Um, Dylan uh, Hipsman says, what's your dream supercar? The McLaren 720. Really? My brother, my brother owns that car. What's that? Fit in it. I can fit. I can fit in it. I know you're you're downsized now, so you can probably fit in it. <laughs> Does he love it, dude? I'm telling you, man. He let me take it for a spin. It's like driving a spaceship. Like, I put the paddle shift on it because I wanted to. I'm like, I put it in sport mode. I wanted to try the paddle shift. I could barely tap the paddle shift as fast as the gears were climbing. Like the RPMs would rocket to like eight, nine thousand. And I couldn't keep up with it. It was like it was like being on a motorcycle. It was just it would rocket to nine thousand, just just like that, running through gears. Fastest car I've ever driven. So yeah, there's a there's a there's this YouTube channel called RDBLA, mm-hmm. and they do this seven twenty for this guy Shalizi. He he's Marshmallow's manager. You know, Marshmallow's yeah. like the DJ with yeah. the helmet. Yeah, dude, he changes that color of that seven twenty. He's got all these crazy kits on it. Right now, and right now it's a lime green one. Are you trying to pull it up right now on yeah. RDBLA YouTube? RDB. It's LA. it's insanity, dude. What he does, and he has like the carbon fiber around the front skirt, and like it's bananas. He does all Chris Brown's cars. Is it this one? Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. So he, he you'll see the you'll see the uh, the seven twenty in there. It's insanity that car. There it is. Yeah, this one. This, yeah. Thing? this is your, this is your dream car. That's yeah. See how it's got, it's got all the car. <laughs> yeah, my brother's doesn't look it's like that. <laughs> That's a badass car, man. They just did. This is the hottest. This is the hottest. The hottest wrap they did yet. But this guy was trying to cut him off. I was watching this the other day, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna not share my screen for a second. Because every time I share my screen, I try and pull something up. Some private shit comes up. <laughs> I get I get nailed for it online. So um, I want to pull this up just to show you. If I want to know if you've seen this car. Have, have you heard of the Koenigsegg Gamera? Uh, it's ridiculous. Have you seen it? I don't know if I I know what a Koenigsegg is, but Floyd Mayweather had one here. This Both. one, have you seen this? Can no, it looks like a concept car. 
No, this is this is an actual car. It's amazing. It's like it's a four it's a four seater, but it's like the most beautiful car. I think How much? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's unbelievable though. Yeah. It's like Yeah, like five million or four million for the, the other one they had, the other model. That's badass though. That's real? This is real, dude. This is real. This just came out like uh a couple months ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to know if you see All right, it. well maybe that's maybe that's my uh Maybe that's your new dream car. <laughs> Wait, I'll be honest. Listen, I'm not a supercar guy. I just, yeah, you know, I just don't, I'm not into uh, supercars as much. Like to me, it's a waste of the time and space and it's not comfortable. Right. Oh, so for you, it's a functional thing. That's why you go with them. That's why you go with the big Benzes and the Range Rovers and all that. The G wagons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, okay. What was your experience like having to fly and compete for the first time? Team nationals. How Scared. Uh, 19. 19. Chris Aceto was my coach. Yeah. He didn't go with me. Branch Warren beat me in the overall. <laughs> yeah. At that show. Uh, my family went uh i had to adapt i had to learn about flying and water and what to eat what not to eat um how to kind of like drop water once i got there um do the tanning correctly the tanning was the hardest part i think trying because remember we were doing it from a bottle yeah then with the brush you had a, you had a friend everyone's you had a yeah. friend you had a friend there painting you my mother did it <laughs> my awesome. mom that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So what was the hardest part about it though? Just, just the whole experience. But, yeah. I was scared about posing on stage and if I was going to go left instead of right and miss calls. And then I was nervous as hell with even my individual routine. Um, I wasn't really, I didn't have great stage presence. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew I had something after the show when I won my class, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Tree says, what was your biggest Eureka moment in bodybuilding where you figured something out that changed everything? Is there something that triggered you? Is it, was it that show? Was it winning your class at that show? Is there something bigger than that? I won the tournament of champions in 1995, which is a show in California. John Lindsay promoted it. Hmm. And I won that show and I shot with every magazine after and I landed my first Muslim fitness cover four days later and I went into Joe Weider's office and met Joe Weider and he told me, I want to give you a contract. And I was like, wow, I made it. Yeah. You know, that's when I knew that this career was going to be um, something big. Okay. That would be it for, I mean, it couldn't, doesn't get really bigger than that. It doesn't get bigger because, you know, of course, winning Olympiads and whatever, but I, that was like the well, turning point. I mean, it doesn't get bigger as far as like needing some type of validation for your, for your career. I mean, you met Joe Weider and actually getting a, what people don't know now is getting a magazine cover back then was huge. Like you, that wasn't, that was like an honor to get one back then. Yeah. But, it, you know what? I can't even explain how important a magazine cover was back in the 90s 
I was on every grocery store aisle and that's whenever, you know, you took pictures with girls in the magazine, like the girl and the guy were on the cover. Um, I can tell you that a muscle and fitness or flex cover is the reason I became a bodybuilder because I saw people like Sean Ray and, you know, Troy Zuccolato Mm -hmm. on like those covers. I mentioned that to you and that's what triggered me because I thought, okay, those guys are super wealthy. They live in California and I want that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Donardo says, if you have a two hour window to exercise, why do people say never to do cardio and then lift? Why do they say to lift first and then do cardio? Because you don't want to burn the muscle glycogen. Exactly. I just, I wasn't going to even ask you this question, but so many people asked me, I thought we should just get it out on air because it's just, it's kind of an obvious thing. I just want everybody to kind of know. Okay. Uh, What's the highest and lowest calorie diets you've ever been on? What's 50 grams of carbs a day. 50 grams of carbs a day. That's the lowest. Yeah. Obviously. What's the highest calorie diet you've ever been on? Contest prep. No. Um, Chris just, yeah, man, a thousand carb days, 1,200 grams. I remember Chris writing diets. He wanted me 12 to 1,400 grams of carbs in a day. <laughs> how do you, you know how, <laughs> how do you eat 1,400 grams of carbs in one day? How is that even possible? Like, what? that's like, what are you doing? Six meals, seven meals. That's like 200, 300 grams of carbs. Yeah, oh, you know what? I, I would eat six meals and I would literally have like, um, apple sauces. Um, he had me eat uh, angel food cake. You know what angel food yeah. cake is? Yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. So he'd have me eat that. I would yeah. eat rice cakes. I would have honey on yeah. my meals. Um, it was, uh, I mean, 300 grams of carbs after training alone, you know, yeah, yeah, the big yeah. body parts. It sounds it's amazing. Yeah. It sounds crazy, man. That sounds like 200 grams of carbs per meal is insane. You could probably do I could do it for the first couple meals, but I don't think I could do it for a whole day. I was training twice a day, though. Yeah, your appetite must have been through the roof. If you ask Chris Aceto, who's the biggest eater you've ever dieted, he would say me. Ask Connie Rambot, who would eat the most food he's ever fed. Same thing. <laughs> Connie was just flabbergasted by how fast the, my metabolized food. You know, this is, a, this is a question I get from a lot of people that, I'm, that I think they need to hear from you is, is, does that kind of appetite come genetically or is that something you trained your body to do? Me there. Genetically, listen, I could only be so big, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I lost you for a minute. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, I don't think you can... Mm, your body, you know, builds to a certain metabolism. And I think the more muscle you have, the more the faster metabolism, you, you know, it takes a lot of food to maintain that muscle. Yeah. I carried a ton of muscle. But what I mean is, but what I mean is like when you started at 18 or 17 or whenever you started training or whenever you started competing, if somebody said to you, Jay, I want you to do a thousand, thousand grams of carbs, you couldn't do it then. Could you? No, because I didn't have the muscle. 
Yeah. No, not metabolize it, but could you eat it like appetite wise? Could you eat, could you eat that much food? No. Okay. Cause I no, get a no. lot, cause a lot of people will message me and say, I don't know how you eat that amount, that amount of food. It's so hard, this and that. And I try to express to them that it's something you kind of train your body to do over years. So I just wanted to see if it was kind of the same thing for you. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, if I was natural, I don't think I'd ever be able to eat that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you start putting, when you start putting substance in there too, it, it makes a huge difference. You know, that's why a natural versus a professional that's, you know, chemically enhanced. I mean, there's a big difference, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, how do you feel about cardio timing? Is it necessary to do fasted or morning cardio? Do you think post-workout cardio is good enough? I always liked fasted. I don't know what your opinion is on that, but. I um, There's so many studies and so many like experts are coming out saying that it doesn't matter, but I've always felt that morning cardio is the only way to do it. I just feel better doing it in the morning when I get up fasted, my stomach's empty. It just feels it feels like it, I don't know. Plus it's a mental clarity thing for me. When I do my cardio on an empty stomach, I'd get like a, I get myself kind of in the zone for the rest of the day. Yeah, I feel the same way, but I'm going to explain like cardio is a metabolism booster. So I hate the people that say I burn 500 calories on a stair mill hmm. because it's really jump starting your metabolism for the day. So you can metabolize the meals that you take in, in the food. Um, and sometimes I would be so lean that Fasted cardio really was not an answer for me because I'd be so empty waking up. I had to sometimes push the cardio to after uh, training or none at all. Um, and when we were trying to eat high carb days, when I mentioned like those 1200 days, what's the point of doing cardio if you're trying to fill your body up because it's in a deficit? So I, I just never believe with the structured seven days a week cardio is absolutely necessary to keep the metabolism. Your body does need a break at least one day a week, I think, from cardio. Is there is is that day random for you, or would you schedule that day off? Like it's is random. It, oh, so just whenever you feel like your body needs a break, you might just dump the cardio that day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, body parts shrinking. We've all, we've all lost our legs doing cardio at one point in our career, right? Yeah, that was like that was the death of me for the first like five years of my pro career. First three years of my pro career, I would always, the more shredded I got, the more my skinnier and slimmer my legs got. So. So what is your, what's your go-to cardio? Tell me. The step mill. What, what contraption? The step mill. Why? Because I feel like I can go at a slow pace and still get my heart rate up. You know what I mean? Like if I'm on a treadmill and I'm at two and a half miles per hour, my heart rate's like 110. 100, mm -hmm. 100. But if I'm, on a, if I'm on a step mill and I'm on level three, I'm not gassing out. Like I, I still got lots of air, but my heart rate's at 120, 130. So for me, it's always a matter of, for me, it's a matter of like what gets my heart rate up the best. I never, I never did it for like that whole like, yeah, oh, it's, it's I gonna, agree. I never did it for like, it's going to get my glutes shredded or any of that. I just did it because I felt like it was the most effective Plus I saw, plus I saw Jay Cutler doing it. So I was like, it's got to work. I definitely got harder in the backside when I did stairs. I'm not going to lie. You think so? Is it, but that is, is that because you got leaner or is that because you think the repetitive motion of being on the stairs? I think squeezing my ass on that step mill. Yeah. Yeah. 
what's Jay Cutler's favorite leg finisher? Oh, there's a second part to this question I want to ask you too, but what's the first part? The favorite leg finisher. I start with extensions to warm up, but I finish my with heavy extensions at the end. Okay. Um, the second part is actually a little more interesting to me is what approach do you take when you feel like you've burnt out after seven years? This kind of goes back to the conversation we had at the beginning of the podcast. Ask me the question again. What approach to take when you feel like you've burnt out after seven years? I don't know what, what seven years has to do with the question now. Well, it seems like he's been training for seven years, I think, and he's burnt out. <laughs> and I'm um, like, you're asking two guys who have been training for 30, so I don't know I don't know how to answer it, really. I think a lot of it's mental. So either you need a break or you need to change gyms. You need to change the times you train. You need to, uh, like, work on a different style, fix your diet. Like, I could sit here and go on and on and on. but it's self-motivation. Mm-hmm. If you truly love it, like I can tell you, I got burnt out from competing, but that didn't mean I stopped training. Yeah. Uh, I got burnt out on eating egg whites every day with oatmeal. And, you know, I switch it up on a Sunday and have pancakes instead. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to find alternatives to give your body. you got to still got to shut off at certain points. And, you know, I mentioned I left the gym uh, on certain days and it just didn't work. Uh, I very, very fortunately moved to Las Vegas where I can train at a different gym every single day of the yeah. week. Yeah. That's a blessing. Now you being in Canada, you don't have that, that ability to train at a different gym. Like it's we're, limited, right? No, we're okay. Like I was living in Toronto for about, and even here in Windsor, I was live like, I have three different memberships. So I kind of did the same thing you did. Like I like training legs at one gym. I like training back at a different gym. Okay. So, kinda, so. Yeah. So give me your give me your favorite leg day, Jim. Your favorite chest day, Jim, and then your favorite like let's say shoulder day, Jim. Well, most of them are like uh, there's Olympia Muscle and Fitness in Mississauga. That one I love training legs there. Uh, Dorian's gym is great for like chest and shoulders, and then yeah. there's there's World Gym World Gym in Mississauga. I just like the atmosphere in there, so I can train anything. Been to all but Dorian's. Yeah, you'll like Dorian's. Dorian's is um I would describe it as like clean hardcore. It's like it's not hardcore like Metroflex hardcore. It's like you can tell it's a bodybuilding gym, but it's clean. It's not like dirty and shitty. Who has the best gym in that region at this point? That depends on what you like. Dorian Dorian's got the best gym as far as like equipment. You know, the, the newest way it, stuff. Yeah, the newest stuff, the way it's run. But if you like dirty, shitty, some people like that gritty feeling, right? So, you know, you're not going to get that there. You'd have to go somewhere else. Like, I like I like Dorian's gym for some stuff because it's clean, but I like going to Olympia Muscle and Fitness because it's dirty and gritty. So just Do you wear kinda, a headset when you train? Uh, I got earbuds, yeah. What Why? do you listen to? <laughs> <laughs> everything i have like i listen to hip-hop yeah hip-hop rock uh hard rap i mean anything and everything why are you are you a music guy or are you i don't need music i never even heard the music in a gym when i trained but do you have your own music or no 
No, I never train. Well, now I might listen to music, but yeah. in my heyday, I did not listen to music. Really? You didn't need anything? No. You think that's look, you think that's a, you think it's a bad thing to need music? No, no. I just think I was a little crazy, you know? <laughs> it sounds like it. People used hey. to say to me, you know what? People used to say to me, the music's terrible in this gym. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't even know there was music playing. That's how crazy it was. For okay. Me. But to your point, it's weird. Even though I got earbuds in, it's like a blur. You know what I mean? Like I might hear the music in between sets, but during the set, I don't hear shit. So it's like, I kind of know what you mean, but I just need something loud in my ear. I don't know. It just, it almost like, instead of distracting me, it almost keeps me focused. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Hey, there's one question I want to ask. A common question. Very common question. People ask me, what's in, what do you listen to yeah. when I have my buds in, right? Yeah. What, um, I want to ask you this. Did you ever carry a logbook? Cause you're so meticulous about everything. I was wondering about that. Funny thing is I just, I have a ton of stuff. I just pulled out of my, my uh, cabinets and I have all my books in there. Like really I think from, from how many times I went to the bathroom a day to food to no way. Uh, everything like weights, uh, exercises, uh, everything. Let me ask there. let me ask you something and we're going to be completely blunt with each other. If okay, my career for example, right? I never kept a logbook and I was never admittedly I probably didn't pay attention to detail as much as I should have. How much greater do you think it takes somebody who's a second tier bodybuilder do you think they go to the first tier if they're doing all those things? No. Okay. Because I wrote this shit down and I never looked at it ever again until I just pulled it out. So it wasn't like you because wrote you it down. Can't go back. So. It wasn't like I went back and I won the Arnold Classic in 02 and 03. I looked back at what I did in 02. You understand? Yeah. yeah. But it, I, it never, it wasn't, it wasn't there for, I don't even know why I did it. I did it to make sure to feel cool when I looked at 16 weeks and I won the show and I said, man, how much extra work did I put in? Right. Did, okay. But a lot of people That's keep a log, a lot of people keep a log book so that they can go back the like the next week and go, okay, I benched 315 last week. This week I want to bench 320. You didn't do any of that. Did you? I could give a shit what I bench pressed. You know, I knew in my head what I did because, you know, it became so repetitive. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you saying, did, how many times in, in the last 10 years have you gone over 405 on the squat? Yeah, yeah. You stopped yeah. at 405, right? Yeah. Did you well, go to 475? <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, but I'm asking, like, most people that keep a logbook, that's why they keep one. You seem to have kept a logbook just to come almost, like, kind of keep yourself accountable or just to have a diary. It's not like – does that sound about right? Uh, I wanted to do, I wanted to, I think because when I worked with Chris, he'd asked me, Hey, what, you know, what was your weight on last Tuesday after the high carb day? Or I think it, so it, it, it was like, okay, well I did chest that day. Whereas this week, that day was shoulders. Yeah. Like how can I compare the two? Do you understand? So if I lie, if I told you I didn't refer back, Yeah. but in the end I didn't have to write down like, I went to the store and I was gone an hour 
Um, and then I slept a nap for two, you know, an hour and a half. Yeah. Like that was unnecessary, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I always wondered that question. Cause I've always thought to myself, cause I know certain bodybuilders that will go take that extra 5%, 10% that takes them up a notch. Right. And I always wondered, had I taken that extra five or 10% would, would it have made a big difference or just a minor, you know what I mean? So it's good to hear your, your, uh, perception of that. Uh, what's the highest carb day off season? We've already gone through that. And I think that's it, Jay. That's all the questions I picked out. Anyway, we've been on for, uh, almost an hour. Do you want to take some more or are you good? Dude, I'm, I'm here, you know, and, uh, I'm, <laughs> I appreciate you. This is awesome that you did this for, for our buddy, John. John, John has been an integral part of my life. So before John, I was a completely different person. So, and I don't mean just bodybuilding, like John has taught me a lot about just being a person and being a good person and, um, business and everything. So I feel like I kind of owe him a little bit. Um, sure. Let's try and see if we have a couple more on here. You know what I want to say though, Fuad, I asked you both about competing. Who's both me and John. I asked you both about, yeah. And you both gave me the same answer. What's that? I said, are you done? <laughs> John's, you, I, John's I, done. I don't, know if, I don't know if you planned this, but he gave me the same answer you gave me. What's that? Oh, man, I just think I want to do it one more time. <laughs> John's full of shit. John's not doing another show. John's done. John's. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, maybe now, but I remember I trained with him back in. Yeah, maybe now. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I trained with him back in the end of last, uh, was it last year I trained with him? I did, we did our chest thing. Got a lot of views on YouTube. Yeah, it crushed it. Um, I think John kept thinking about it, but I don't think he was going to do it. As far as I go, I think me and John had different reasons. My body is not bouncing back the way it did when I was 30. Like before when I had previous injuries, I would take a little bit of time off, heal the injury, and I get back to work, and my body would bounce right back. And I think at 41 now, my body's like, I'm not, it's just being stubborn, right? So I don't know how you experienced that. Like, when did you retire? When did you officially retire? How old were you? 40. 40. 40. And how did you think, how did you feel your body was reacting like at that time? Not doing the same Uh, things, right? couldn't get the mass back. You know, I took the layoff from the bicep. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the training was a lot of tweaks, a lot of tweaks, like a lot of, uh, Oh shit, that hurt. You know, Oh, I gotta be careful. The bicep tendons became weak. Uh, so I was limited on back stuff. And when you don't have a back, especially the back that I had to win the Olympia, yeah, I was screwed. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got someone like Phil Heath, who's just, got tie-ins just all over the place and you know the big Romney that was his breakthrough year was 13 Sean Roden you know when he beat me I was like you know what this is it's just my time to step away you know yeah how how he was coming how upset were you because I've been going through that for a couple of years where you go to the gym and you feel things here and there and tweak and you gotta you gotta rearrange your whole situation right it's not like when you were when you were 30 or 25 were you upset about that or were you like just accepted that, you know, I'm 40 or 38 or whenever that started happening? 
uh, I was satisfied because I had a hell of a career. You know, the mindset's a little different when you win the Mr. Olympia mm-hmm. and you solidify yourself. You know, I had a couple big, big moments of my career with beating Ronnie Coleman and then, of course, losing to Dexter and coming back and being the first guy to ever win the consecutive year, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I didn't realize I'd be this popular this far out you know, from competition. It's been seven years this year. Yeah. And I was able to travel for the first time in my life. I did international trips from that 13 forward Mm -hmm. that I never took when I was hardcore training because I didn't want to get away from training for too long. So I would refuse the international. Okay. So I I got to experience that and see that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I thought you went overseas a lot when you, during your career, you didn't go overseas at all. Uh, you know, Muscle Tech. Um, you know, they were they when I was going to restructure my new deal with them in 2011. Mm-hmm. They exclusively wanted me to be the year, like go to Europe and all the foreign places like Dubai and those yeah. foreign countries, and that was part, written as part of the new structured deal. And then they were going to have Phil Heath to kind of like do stuff in between yeah. because my presence was so big overseas, and I hadn't really been there yet. Uh, but of course I didn't, I didn't take that deal and I started doing stuff on my own and with through, you know, with BPI, you know, they were my partners at the time. Yeah. So I was able to start traveling overseas and booking guest appearances. FIBO brought me that 2012, the next year they, they brought me themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that was the first time I had been in years to FIBO. Uh, and you know, it kind of went from there, but I was pretty satisfied, but as far as training, I knew I had to adapt to a different training style because here I am at 40 and I knew I was never going to compete again. There was never the question like, um, like the Kai Green, Phil Heath kind of thing going on now. Like yeah. we're going to come back. Like there's always like, instead of just saying how I would, if the fans would ask me on Instagram, is this a comeback? And I'd say, hell no, or yeah. no, yeah. absolutely not. Never. And I hate never, but. Uh, I had no intention ever to return to the stage after 2013 ever mm-hmm. because my body just couldn't handle the heavy training anymore. Like, Why? you know, when you, when you can't do certain exercises that got you to the top, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel now. Not that I was at the top, but I can't do the stuff I used to do. Why is it, do you think that Dorian Yates won, you know, five Olympias, is it five Olympias and he had so much trouble walking away and you, you know, won your Olympias, but you were okay with it. I think he was more passionate about the training uh, and competition side than I was. I was a business. Uh, I never really enjoyed the competition. When mm-hmm. Ronnie Coleman left, I was it was boring to me. Um, and that's not disrespectful to the other guys. But, like, when you have the guy next to you the whole time, yeah, and that's your era. And like I mentioned, like, Big Rami was coming – uh, Rolly Rinkler is coming. Sean Roden was the new era. Yeah. Uh, Dexter was still there, but you know, Phil Heath was the guy that I kind of mentored a little bit, uh, to, you know, bring in, mm-hmm. you know, I realized that this, this is just a different generation from you know, when Phil Heath was like, you know, I watched him when I was winning the Mr. Olympia, he had won the USA the year prior. And yeah. here I am now battling that guy and he beats me and he's reigning and he's, 
he's beating the hell out of everybody pretty much. Like no one stands a chance. Yeah. Like you got to kind of be realistic about how you look. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think after seven years, you're still as popular or more popular than almost all the bodybuilders? What do you attribute, what do you attribute that to? And how do, how do, how do, how do young guys, young guys coming up build that kind of foundation? Cause I don't think it's something you built in a year. Uh, I think, you know, I'm still active. I think social media wise for being as, as old as I am, you know, I'm still putting a lot of content out, mm-hmm. um, but I just, I'm very honest with people and I'm real. Right. So as successful as I am, I still like, I still have the mentality, like I'm still struggling to get to the top. Yeah. And if people met me in 2000 before it all happened and met me today, it's the same person. Um, a lot more experience. Um, but I'm as passionate, if not more passionate than I've ever been. I've kind of reverted back to like the 19, 20, 22 year old Jay Cutler, mm-hmm. whereas prior, you know, I kind of lost it the years when I was in competition. It was so fierce and I was on a pedestal so much and I was being picked apart and the fans either loved me or hated me, which I don't know if anyone necessarily hates me now because there's not a lot of reason. I give guys props yeah. and I truly speak from heart with that right i have respect for everyone and i hate even someone like you to say well i'm not at the top well you know what do people look at you no matter what level you achieve and you're doing great things because i mean this thing we're doing today i mean like this is something you just reached out to me and i feel honored that like why'd you reach out to me like there's a million other guys you could reach out to um you know there's a current mr olympia there's all these people and my relationship with john is you know i'm not like we're not super close, but I'm, I have so much respect for the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, and you and I, I mean, we vibed on certain stuff, but like, I feel honored. And, and I think people listen to what I have to say because I'm very, very um, explanatory in all my answers with things. And I give a rhyme or reason why, and I've, I've been great. I wasn't so great on the stage. I was, you know, second to last at my first Olympia. Um, I had a great amateur career. Um, but you know, we all have levels that people look at us and just because you're a level on the bodybuilding stage, it, it turns into the person you become and what you can do for the industry that people respect the most. And like, you can watch my media and like, like I said, I wake up in the morning, my hair sideways and I don't give a shit, you know, I'll show you what I'm eating. I'll show you what supplements you can go in my cabinet and I'll show, I'll show, you know, Hani Rambot stuff or I'll show Aaron Singerman stuff or I'll show, like whoever sends me this stuff, like I shout out to everybody, you know, if you sent me some, some, some hot supplements or whatever, I would shout you out because I don't care. I want everyone to do great. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's the one thing I really hated with being under brands and they'd be like, you can't be seen taking a picture with other companies or we stand in front of a backdrop right at the expos and we have to worry about, Oh my goodness. I took a picture of so-and-so in front of Gaspari booth or whatever. And I'm like, man, like that, you know, as a, as a business owner now and having athletes that represent my brand, like I get it. Like I've been there. I've been in that situation. As long as you're not blatantly like, Hey guys, you know, this is the pre-workout I take when you're supposed to be endorsing mine. Like, but you're going to have different stuff in your cabinet. Let's be real. Like, Hey, people send me stuff. I try stuff. Like, why not? You said, um, I went through all that too, by the way. And I, I, we're trying to do like, you know, I, I have a couple guys on my roster 
uh, now we're starting to sign people. And I told him that I flat out told him, I said, look, we don't have a protein. We're just, we're just formulating one now, but we don't have one. So look, if you have to use a different brand's protein, I don't care. It's not, it's not going to hurt us at all, you know? But what I want to ask you is you said something about your passion being reinvigorated. And I actually said this to my training partner just two days ago. When you look at, I know, I know you've been involved in the supplement company for a long time, but you have a new venture now. Is, is this part of uh, your passion that's come back? Because isn't it, is, do you feel like you apply the same bodybuilding skills mentally to your business as you did to the stage? Does that make sense to um, you? Yeah, it, it does because like I still challenge like, you know, like I was just looking at all my like analytics of like how much chocolate versus like the fruity cereal protein yesterday and yeah. chocolate's been crushing the last two months because yeah. we launched it two months ago. Yeah. And now fruity cereal is actually leading over chocolate for the month. And I'm like, damn, like, and I'm trying to figure out why. And it's, it's, it's challenging. Yeah, and yeah. I think we live for challenges. Like I sit behind, you know, the trophies behind me. Like biggest challenge of my life, um, and I've done tons of different. You know, I've done the real estate ventures and whatever else. And there's always the challenges for things. So I think it's just I need to occupy my time. Mm -hmm. And I think having people call me and say, "Man, I tried your pre workout, or I tried the protein, or you know," and I love that the women are using stuff. And now it's like I have that general audience. Um, but it's also like, Hey, I can help the next generation. And man, I, I hope I make a ton of money so I can sponsor some athletes and, you know, I'm paying for like some of the, the girls to compete in the, in the shows, even locally or on on classic and yeah. whatever. It's just amazing for me to, to be able to give back now because you know, you can have all the best things in the world, but if you're not giving back something just yeah. like these things, you know, you did for Luke and, his family and now with John, like this is giving back. Like yeah. this doesn't have a financial uh, attachment to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just, it's something you do because of the passion that you have and the respect factor. Yeah. And people ask, well, why are you doing this? I mean, why are you, I mean, who came up with this thought of like helping John now? I mean, we just came out of a horrendous week, right. Of what happened last week. Yeah. And this is basically, you know, you have a channel with this guy. And I mean, if anyone knew him, his personality, the deepest, it was probably you. Mm. Um, and very unfortunate. Now, of course, the guy who's your mentor yeah. is sick. I mean, thank yeah. goodness he's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, it's just like you're turning your life into a giving matter. And you have business to run, you have passion, I'm sure you're training. And like, what does this do for you? That it, yeah. How does it make you, it makes you feel good, right? I mean. Yeah. Well, I just, I owe it. I felt like I owed it to Luke because I, I can't even tell you why. I just, Luke was a friend of mine and I feel like if it was me, I would want my friend to do the same shit. So, uh, and as far as John goes, I owe, I mean, John's a friend also, but I also owe John a ton for what he's taught me. So that's the reason for both. But I want to go back to my question for a second. I just want to ask so when you're bodybuilding you wake up in the morning and the first thing on your mind is what do I got to do to be a better bodybuilder today is it the same principle for business like is it the same it feels because for me with my company it feels like the same energy I had when I was 19 I was trying to figure out what my diet was supposed to look like what my training was supposed to look like I feel like I'm back in that space but in a different genre do you know what I mean 
Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm not gonna lie, I wake up every morning with the bodybuilder mentality, like I wanna crush this workout too. Yeah. And like I wanna I don't wanna look forty six. Yeah. I think every day. Um, and I think, okay, I wanna have a better month than last month. Uh April was our best month ever. Really? Uh good for you. Yes. And uh and I'm doing things in amazing like in like the worst of times for people right now like yeah, okay yeah. people can't work they say they i think more people are training now than prior to the pandemic if that makes sense yeah it's probably all they have to do exercise, exercising yeah but they're yeah. not going to the gym right i think yeah. we're going to come out of this and more people are going to be health orientated because this whole pandemic scared people of like well the unhealthy people are the ones that got sick right yeah. i saw a study today that said that people with lower testosterone uh, are more uh, prone to die from COVID. this. Yeah. Well, lucky. I'm, I'm lucky there then. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so I did see that study. I can forward it to you so people know I'm not lying. Uh, and, you know, yes, I, the passion, dude, is challenging for me. Like, yeah. You know, there's no question, like, dude, I want to do better than you. I want to do better than Doran. I want to do better than Ronnie Coleman. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, want yeah, to, yeah. I, want to, I want to beat Red Con Juan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't that would I... be amazing for me. Like, there's, there's people I look at. There's people I look at and say, man, I, gotta, I want to be better than this, you know? Is it wrong to say, I don't care if I beat you. I just want to, I have a goal I want to reach. And if I, if I beat you in the process, then so be it. But I don't really care if I beat you or don't beat you. I just want to get to this level that I've set for myself, right? Like, let's say, let's say when I launched the company, I decided I want to be a $50 million company one day. I don't care if I beat anybody on the way. I just want to get there. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? But you're going to beat a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, it's, just, it's just not my, I guess I mean, like, it's not my intention. It's just. If that happens, then so be it, right? I'll just tell you, like, on the way up, when I was battling Ronnie, I always wanted to have a better DVD than his. Okay, I wanted to have – I wanted to have yeah. – uh, I wanted to win the Olympia, okay? And then we both started supplement companies around the same time. And people thought, like, oh, we're challenging each other. But I, I wanted to be able to travel as much as Ronnie and be at every event that Ronnie was at. Yeah. And see, and see, okay, what fans go to him and what fans come to me and what they, you know, the fan always went to Ronnie and said, you're the greatest champ. And then they come to my booth and say, you're the greatest, Jay. You know, the same people. Yeah. And uh, it was always fun. It was challenging that way. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a set goal. I, I wish I did have a goal where I could say, if, you know, this is my end goal. Yeah. Uh, because I take steps and I, I had a monthly uh, revenue that I wanted to reach yeah. and I'm still at that point, you know, where I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to break X at this month. And then I want to get to this point because remember I'm direct. I'm not trying to sell as we talked about this. So yeah, yeah. for me, like I look at other people's formula, like, you know, some of your stuff and I said, man, that's a good formula. Like, you know, it's still like, damn, yeah, like it's funny how so many people can have a pre-workout or or a amino product and have different ingredients, right? Well, I think and, it's, 
but it's just different philosophies of the company, right? Some, some companies are like, I just want to maximize this dollar as much as possible. And other companies maybe think something different. So it's just, it's just a philosophy of the company, right? Mm -hmm. What, what new products does Cutler Nutrition have coming out? You just started with the protein. Yeah. I mean, I I got the, you know, I'm launching two new protein flavors. I did kind of the cereal thing. Um, So the newest one is going to be peanut butter crunch, which is amazing. It's an isolate. And then I have E it's, it tastes like a rice crispy square. So it has a marshmallow, whatever. I just launched repair, which is basically generate, which is my essential aminos, uh, and branch chains mixed with, I have 15 grams of a, of a, a cluster dextrose in there. Okay. Uh, so that's like a great post. Uh, that's the newest one. Fundamentals is going to be my, uh, my creatine add-on unflavored. I just launched like a, a Amplify, which is my non-stem. I launched an unflavored and a, a new sour lemon flavor. So that's like an add-on to my pre-workout, but it's a stem-free okay. Yeah, but more right. citrulline and Himalayan sea salt, so it has the pump factor to it. So, are you doing are you doing raw ingredient supplements? Like, are you doing the creatine creatine like as a standalone? It's kind of no, I'm not doing just straight creatine. I have kind of a mix in there. Okay. Uh, but that's called fundamentals. So everything I do, I'm not just doing the standard like like I didn't do like a vitamin C supplement. You know, I have my safeguard, which is my multivitamin, and uh, yeah. You know, I want to launch like a liver. I do want to launch like a liver guard and and more like heart formula. That I want to get into some of the more uh, health products too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, whether I do a health cutler line, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm really focused on the sports side, so performance based products. Yeah. Uh, what- I'm research. I'm doing. R- I want to do a pre workout uh, RTD also at some point. I'm just not ready for that scale up yet. Yeah. Yeah. What does, for those of the guys listening out there that want to be Cutler athletes, what, what are some prerequisites to be a Cutler athlete or a sponsored athlete or ambassador? Uh, we, we look for engagement. I have ambassadors or I have affiliates. So if I'm going to sign an athlete, like it has, we have to look at the social following and see the engagement, see the message. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, you can go through someone's Instagram. Um, and realistically i'm not looking at the guy that has fifty thousand plus followers i'm not i mean i sign i have some women on there i'm with two thousand followers but i love their engagement i love their message so really i accept applications on the website um i think our biggest one is biggest signed person has about seven hundred thousand followers right now it's a female okay um and you know i i'm not to be honest i haven't had a lot of bodybuilders come to me for uh really representation to yeah. to be honest like because i'm not really pay, i'm not paying a ton of money right now i'll be honest yeah. like yeah. uh i'm still in the starting phases but i don't i don't know if anybody's paying a ton of money i mean i think redcon's paying a little bit of money but i think they're i think the where the bodybuilders are going wrong is you know i've been looking around at athletes too and you know none of them have youtube pages and none of them are really being proactive that way and I don't know if they realize how important it is. They, they don't. And one thing I've done with JTV and, and Dave Borlay helps me with that is we've trying to give people like the notoriety. So someone comes on my page uh, and does an interview or does a training segment. Like I encourage everyone 
no matter how how much of a following they have to start some sort of a YouTube channel so you can start getting your message because in the end, like people want to hear those speak and, and someone that might get six views on their video, they may be super popular in four years. I mean, I watched it with Bradley Martins and I mean, Callum Von Mogers and who yeah. just exploded, right? Reagan Grimes, I think Reagan's done, you know, yeah. he's kind of a crossbreed between social media and, you know, we announced his gap um, positioning on our yeah. channel. Yeah. Um, Reagan. I just want to feature. Sorry. I was just going to say Reagan has like, Reagan has figured out how to capitalize on everything somehow. I don't know. I don't know how he does it, but he just seems to like have, have all the whole game figured out. I, I'll be honest with you. Re, Reagan Grimes has right now uh, at his age, has a lot more like in place for him to be super successful for later years than I had at that age, because we weren't in that era. We were in the magazine era, right? And we were endorsing X. I had a great endorsement package with, with me, but like his media and what he puts out there and having the gym and, and you know, all his little sponsor stuff he does uh, and he's showing his personality and, you know, he's a young kid and that's, mm. he's grabbing a lot of those younger audience people where, you know, my age group, you know, I'm still going to gather some of those younger, but my age group's still going to be more 25 to 45, right? Yeah. Where yeah. he's gathering 18 year old because he's closer to 18 than, than he is to 35, right? Yeah. Yeah. They identify and, with him more. Yeah. And he's got a great physique. So yeah. Uh, I encourage everyone and I hope people watching this, you know, really take it to heart. I mean, I, I have sit up and hit people up that started YouTube channels and I know they haven't been as active. I'm like, Hey, I'm waiting for the next video. And I subscribe to those people <laughs> like to give them motivation or I comment. It's funny. I go through Instagram every day. Like I'll sit here for like an hour at night and I go through and I like, and I comment on a lot of people's stuff and you should see the reaction to certain people yeah, of in course. our industry. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you commented and like I, I commented on Sadiq stuff yesterday and he, you know, he hit me right back. Like, you know, and it's not someone I con comment on all the time. Yeah. And he posted something and was posing in the gym and I'm like, damn, bro, you're looking so good, you know? Yeah, yeah. But and he was of... like respectful, you know, and it's a totally yeah. different different division, right? Yeah. But it's still they they know who you are and nobody would expect uh an Olympia winner of your caliber to be sitting there commenting on their stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it makes sense why they would feel starstruck in a way or, or taken back by it. So I think it's cool of you though, because it does show why you're the, the bodybuilding ambassador and it does show why everybody kind of looks up to you for the blueprint of how to act. So it's, you know, it's a big thing on your part to do that. Yeah. I, I, I I'm a fan of a lot of people, man. Yeah. I'm a fan of a lot of people and you know, Regan's to me is like right now, like you said it right. And I don't know how he's like you guys feel in Canada because he's Canadian. So maybe you favor him a little more, but yeah. Like if I asked you like who's on the radar for you to be more successful, you know? Um, I mean, I mean, there might be people I could point out that are ahead of him as far as competing, but as far as having the entire package, I can't think of anybody who has 
it's just everything from his clothing line to his uh, sponsorship deals to his, like, it's just a very, very uh, balanced and he's exceeding. He's, he's over exceeding at all, every level on every, on every aspect. You know what I mean? But you know what I love about him? He's, he posts every day and he stays up with his video content. If you notice, he always posts, he has a whole schedule where he posts through the week and it's consistency. And it's what I preach every single day. It's just like with you, with your media, with your podcasts and like your real bodybuilding stuff. It, Dude, you have to stay consistent. How many people do you know said, oh, I'm going to start doing videos and the next week, nothing. And yeah. the following week, oh, I got to get back on track. It's like the guy, like, oh, I need to get back on track. I fell off. Like, yeah, no, yeah. passionate about it and you really enjoy it, you're not going to stop doing it. Like, we didn't just decide every few weeks we're going to go to the gym. We stayed consistent with it, right? Yeah, yeah. The... um the video thing is harder for me. I, I don't have the same passion. I enjoy doing it, but it's harder for me to figure out. But I do, I do know what you mean because early on when I started my YouTube page, it was like once a month, once every two months. It just didn't grow at all. There was no traction. Once I started doing every week, three times a week, four times a week, then I really started to pick up. And it's like you said, it's consistency that has to be done. So, Jay, is there anything you want to say to John? Any message you want to leave John or John's followers before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, inspirational person, um, always someone I respect, a very, very cordial person. Like John is one of those approachable people that, uh, you know, I can't necessarily say that with everyone in this business. And, you know, when I hear you talk about him and your success in this business, you're very, very successful um, in, in going to someone like John uh, to kind of mentor or, you know, in a friendship, right? You develop a friendship with whoever it is, uh, even if it's a business relationship. Um, but it just goes to show when, when, when the news broke, uh, unfortunately, um, with John, I never saw so much impact from like the, the professionals, like, you know, I follow all the guys like, you know, and all of a sudden everyone posted like, get well, John. And I got texts from a lot of people that I didn't expect to get texts and like, Hey, um, I heard John, you know, uh, you know, he, he suffered a heart attack or whatever. And, you know, and I'm like, is he okay? And I text Paul at Bullfrog right away. Cause I know he's super close to him and he yeah. kind of gave insight. Yeah. And uh, I just, you know, the fans are everything to John, like his supporters, like he, I, he has his, um, his army, right? Yeah. He has yeah. an army. Yeah. I don't know how big it is, but it's hell. It's hella big. Right. We, big, yeah. All that. yeah. So I, positivity is everything guys please 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 support john share this uh comment uh wish john well in this video this is truly for him this has zero to do with with us Um, i appreciate you guys listening to my story and my theories and you know we want to answer the question but um listen we did this for the fans and and you know could go on for hours and hours and hours and maybe you know at some point we can, we can both get on conversation with John and, yeah. you know, he's going to be back on his feet before he knows it, but you know, passion over everything. Uh, John's the man. I appreciate him so much. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, his, his recovery as fast as possible. Okay. Very good. Uh, Jay, I appreciate your time, man. I've been on for a while, so I'm going to let you go. 
and I'm sure John will appreciate this very, very much. So, and I, I think everybody who's watching does too. So thank you for your time. Go mountain dog training. <laughs> okay, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.